You're listening to the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. To the Morning Buzz. The Morning Buzz on 90.3. 90.3. 90.3. 90.3 WMSC. WMSC. WMSC Upper Montclair. Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Good morning, all. It is the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Hello, everyone. Good morning. It is April 13th. I was almost going to say March 13th. It is April 13th, 2021. (laughs) And I'm here with some awesome people on this Tuesday. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Amanda. I feel like I haven't done the buzz in a long time, which is not really, it doesn't really make sense. I was going to say, we were here last week. (laughs) I know, but I don't know why it feels like so long ago. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely wasn't that long ago. It is just a week and we, of course, are joined by our lovely news contributor. Hello, I'm Issa Winek. I'm happy to be joining you guys today on this beautiful spring day. And our sportscaster is here as well. Yo, I'm Ben. And also joining us every Tuesday, we have our lovely contributor from the UK, Jawad. How are you? Good, thanks. Glad to be here, as always. Yeah, it's always fun to have you on the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz. But before we kick into our first top stories, obviously we want to throw it over to Issa Winek with our newscast. Issa, what's going on in the world? Well, good morning. Uh, I have here today the latest updates on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. For local news, the commission that will launch New Jersey's legal canvas market met on Monday for the first time, kicking off the next step to a long process to making legal wheat sales a reality in New Jersey. Uh, The Cannabis Regulatory Commission held a 45-minute meeting Monday afternoon yesterday. Uh, Filled with formalities and opening remarks from the commission's five members, the first meeting offered a little information on how the marijuana industry in New Jersey will get off the ground and officially become legalized. Uh, Next up in New Jersey's news, the latest data shows that New Jersey wedged inside a new COVID-19 hotspot. And it's currently ranked second in the U.S. for coronavirus cases per capita over the past week, uh, according to the United States um, CDC and Prevention Control. Um, The latest data released by the CDC shows only that Michigan is faring worse than New Jersey. And Governor Phil Murphy has suggested that the trend could prevent more reopenings and capacity expansions in the next coming weeks. Uh, New Jersey is reporting a COVID-19 infection rate of 300.7 cases per 100,000 people over the past seven days. Uh, By comparison, Michigan is 515.8 cases and Minnesota is 248.4 cases, not too far behind New Jersey. And New York uh, is 244.5 cases. Pennsylvania is 236.1 cases per uh, 100,000 people, and New Hampshire is uh, 220.5 cases. So uh, that's hotspot around the tri-state area, we could say, uh, including the more central area. And for US News, an update on the latest Minnesota officer shooting, uh, Brooklyn Center's Mayor Mike Elliott says that the event was, quote, deeply tragic, and that the officer who was responsible for the event should be fired. Uh, The police officer fatally shot a black man during a traffic stop in Minneapolis suburb, uh, in a Minneapolis suburb, apparently intended to fire a taser and not a handgun as the man struggled with the police. Uh, The city's police chief said on Monday as police clashed with protesters a second night in a row due to this event. In response, uh, crowds have been gathering outside the Brooklyn Center Police Station late Monday afternoon yesterday with hundreds there by nightfall despite the governor's dusk to dawn curfew. Uh, a drumbeat and uh, a drumbeat, like very powerful, broke out and the crowd began to frequently ch- uh, chant the losses, the victim's name uh, with shouting obscenities at the officers, uh, further initiating this violence and anger and protest due to the event's cost. Uh, Now for weather in Montclair, it is mostly sunny yet a little chilly outside with a high of 64 and a low of 47 with a 3% chance of rain, uh, which I doubt will happen today because it's just so lovely. 
Uh, and today we have a 66% chance of 66% uh, humidity with the sunset at a late 7.35 p.m. Uh, this concludes our news update for April 13, 2021 from WMSC. I'm Isa Winnick and I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you, Isa, for that newscast. And let's throw it over to Ben Petrick with our two-minute warning, Ben. Hey, guys. Uh, just uh, not much going on in sports because it's Tuesday and Amanda gave me the worst slot on the whole planet for, for a sportscast. I'm just joking. Uh, the two big stories are um, the, for a personal, um, personal matter is uh, one of my heroes as a child, uh, if you're a Patriots fan or not, um, which means no one is but me. Uh, the wide receiver Julian Edelman has retired. And to emphasize the sadness that the entire country is going through when it comes to this retirement, Amanda, look up a picture of him. He's just, he's gorgeous. So uh, the most attractive man in football is gone. But in, but in my opinion, one of the uh, most historical Patriot players has also left making ruining if you had a childhood during the time of the Patriots it's over being that that is the last guy of the guard of all those that team meaning Tom Brady's now gone Gronkowski and Edelman was the last one and Edelman has now retired um in other news uh Yankees did win yesterday three to one against the Toronto Blue Jays while on the other hand the Mets had postponed against the Phillies and the number one news story from yesterday is the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves decided not to play their game out of um, – they could, They said they didn't want to after the Dante Wright shooting. Um, it's something that has happened before in the NBA, and this is another circumstance. Not It's the only one. It's not um, – in the George Floyd case, every team didn't play. Um, but And in the Jacob Blake, and nobody played either. But in this one, only one team did not play. So it just marks that um, the NBA is letting players grieve. They can't perform after an event like that. That's it. Thank you, Ben, with that news update. And, you know, you were talking about the Patriots, too, in that update. And, you know, when I, I don't follow sports, but when I did as a child, I was a Patriots fan. I hope you know that. I'm probably like the one other person in the state <laughs> along with you. <laughs> It's stuck with you being Patriot fan. <laughs> Thanks, Ben, for um, that. I appreciate that. Like, <laughs> I know, Ben, you really hate me, but it's okay. It's hey, okay. hey, moderately dislike. No, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> I'm joking. I love everybody. Okay, we'll see about that. But anyway, <laughs> what are you trying to get me to not like you? You're just going. How much can I get this kid to dislike me? Like, what? If, whose goal is that? Who just who wakes up or evil can uh, who is evil can evil like that? You're like uh, you're like that big guy in Popeye that's just like, how can I make Popeye mad today? Like. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're gonna start kick it off with our first story. Caitlin, you want to introduce it to everyone? Yeah, sure. Um, as well, Ben and Issa both mentioned this, but so according to AP News, Minnesota officer meant to draw taser, not handgun. Um, so Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon described the shooting death Sunday of 20-year-old Dante Wright as an accidental discharge. Uh, he was arrested on a warrant. He had like a warrant out for his arrest because he had, he failed to show up for a court charge. Um, and they pulled him over for expired registration tags. And then it kind of just got, they tried to handcuff him. And he, like, if you watch the video, he kind of resisted it a little and got back into his car. And then the officer pulled out their gun. And I mean, now the officer's claiming that they meant to grab the taser. And in the video, you can hear her in the background being like, like after it all happens, because he gets shot and drives away. And then you can hear her in the background kind of shocked that it happened, I, like she didn't mean to shoot him. So that's kind of like the basics of everything that has happened and what, how the officer responded. And yep. My first thoughts on this whole thing, like when I heard about this the other day, it's, 
I can't believe like something like this would happen in the area where there's already like high tension because of the George Floyd uh, court trial that's going on right now. So to me, I'm just wondering, like, you know, like, I feel like I have no words with this, honestly, because I feel like like you would think that they would try to prevent anything else from going on right now when the tension's already high because of all that going on. And then this happens. And I know we were talking about specifically this part of the, the case, but to be honest, I then saw an article from AP that said, how common is it for someone to actually take out a taser instead of a gun? Because that doesn't sound like it's very common because like I've never held a gun in before, I don't know. But those are two different objects at play. Yeah, even like, even if you, I can't picture it because even if you accidentally grab it when you, put it up wouldn't you realize then in that moment because you hold it differently yeah and i have a question for you is does um because we've had problems with our law enforcement and our authorities for not for um for people like uh but it's usually with minorities that we've had trouble with law enforcement do you have any struggle with your law enforcement at all? Like, is it difficult? Like, do they ever do things that anger you guys and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, all like, uh, <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't view the police favorably. Uh, and that's just through personal experience and the current and history. I mean, after uh, George Floyd's unfortunate death, there were Black Lives, Pro- uh, Black Lives Matter protests here in the UK. And that included against the police brutality. And uh, it's good. People need to remember, I, I don't know about the US and the UK, the police is just an extension of the government. They're there to protect laws first and foremost. You just happen to be happenstance. So this has caused, uh, whether it was, I can't remember, Stonegate, where it was called, where it was a black trans person uh, and other people uh, from that community fighting against uh, police brutality mm-hmm. to, uh, not even long ago, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, uh, a woman here, um, uh, was killed by uh, a police officer. She went missing, and it turned out a police officer killed her. And and then we have the whole thing with, I can't remember the exact figure, so I don't want to misquote, but a whole bunch of people have been in police custody, and they've died, and no one's ever been convicted. And the majority of those people have been like, at least back. So we have a long history with our police here. A, a lot, especially the younger people, don't like the police here. So I'm not, I'm not going to say it's the same as it is in the States, because I'm not qualified to say that, but yeah, we kind of have our own issues with the police. No, and I was going to say that that's actually very interesting because, we, you know, in the U.S., we're so focused on things specifically happening here that, like, like I, I don't know about anybody else on this call, but I didn't know personally about any of that kind of stuff happening in the U.K., that that was, like, a big issue there as well. Like, I knew the protests from George Floyd made it, like, globally, but, like, I didn't know it was, like, a regular day issue in your neck of the woods as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the biggest... Uh complaints about police is uh stop and search which is Mm -hmm. just how it sounds um disproportionately affecting uh racial minorities especially black people um and yeah yeah i mean anything else i say is just my opinion i don't want to speak as an authority of british people but yeah there's we have a lot of problems here with uh, our police as well so um i know ben and isa you guys both mentioned this in your newscast and sportscast but what are your thoughts on this whole thing with um, Dante Wright, this whole issue going on? I find this definitely is one of those moments of uh, brutality that is very unnecessary, just like George, uh, George Floyd's case. Um, I completely find it, I, I, I find it very biased and strange how a gun was pulled instead of a taser, because obviously, um, for legal, like, legal reasons, I have cousins who have been at a shooting range and I've been at a shooting range personally and they showed me how a gun works and guns are heavy and they're very different from tasers. Like tasers feel much lighter. I've never used it personally, but like I am aware that guns are heavier and just to pull a weapon like that and fire just has to show a lot of just lack of, I would say, emotional control and a lot of like lack of... Um, using logic in those types of high tense situations, which I feel police officers should have in the first place. So for me, this just uh, upsets me how something like this could escalate. Like this didn't have to go so far yet. This brutality in a way was in a way presented that it, it is, it just basically shows that a lot of people, like a lot of police officers can't really 
handle these kind of situations, which I'm I'm kind of embarrassed about as a citizen that it had to lead to this. So yes, I, I am upset that this happened. It's important to note too, um, apparently tasers weigh half a pound and a gun like that that was used weighs around two pounds. So there's a there's a weight difference. And I, according to this article from AP too, there was an, another one that we found about um, how does an officer use a gun instead of a taser? The whole thing says basically that like, it's a very rare occurrence that that would happen. It's about once a year nationwide that would even like happen. And nationwide, think about that. That's a lot of people. Uh, that's not a rare thing that ever happens. So I don't know. And Ben, I didn't get, I cut you off. So I didn't know if you had anything to say with that whole thing. Um, basically it's, uh, we, it's on one end, you have to understand that it was absolute immaturity and absolute lack of awareness for a person that is supposed to dignify maturity and awareness and calm under pressure. That's literally what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I think every side has two stories. I think that there is clearly one in the wrong and there's clearly one in the right, but it's on it's really just one of those moments where I just say where uh I do I sat there and I thought about it for a while and I just I I've talked to some people about it and the number one thing is as I say that uh that I'm going to say is that I think that police after hearing about how long they have to train I feel like police should train longer because mm-hmm. it is from hearing from my childhood for having a police people in the family hearing my childhood there are scary areas um and in the world that there are people that are afraid to be a police officer there because it is scary there there are people that will take out weapons and shoot you Mm -hmm. um and you've got to know that police officers are human but the problem is they're not trained enough to be able to take those emotions and use them correctly and that's the big thing is so at the same time as one, you have to say that these aren't robots that you're working with, and they are afraid that a man was running that just completely ran into his car and could have had anything in his car. But on the other hand, they need to know what to do in that situation instead of going to the most drastic measures. So I think that this was an absolute showing of how it's an it's another showing of how lack of awareness and just lack of being being a complete and emotionally controlled person and a position that needs that is becoming a serious problem and of course the odds the obvious situation that just because the color of someone's skin doesn't mean you have to pull out a gun i think that true because if that was a person that was um was a light was white that probably wouldn't have been as nervous to make that ridiculously dumb mistake if the person was white because they're not as nervous i feel like you said that perfectly and that's that's where my problem lies with this whole thing too it's the the fact that like if the person was white the issue wouldn't like would we have really caused more of a scene about like a registration tags and things it wouldn't have escalated that quickly and it goes back to the same thing with the george floyd thing back last year it was a 20 dollars counterfeit bill if it was a white person it would have been a different scenario and it's just that's just the reality. And I can't I just it's I'm still wrapping my head around that this was in the same area during the trial of George Floyd that this is going on. And like I just that blows my mind in itself. Well, my the thing is, is that the part that gets me about it all is that there are spots that just predominantly they are in a very bad neighborhood mm-hmm. and they're predominantly black and there are very bad neighborhoods that are predominantly white. Like I've seen both and I've seen police officers scared because I live in a town where there are both in the area. And I've seen police officers unhappy to go to both of them. They're scared. It's just how it is. They're people, Mm -hmm. they're scary people there. It's just obvious. Mm -hmm. The thing that I don't get that I want to research more is it's in Minnesota, which is not a really crime ridden state. It's pretty much a small town. Minnesota is not that big of a city i don't understand why you can't keep control of yourself when you're in a town that's not that big like i feel like we have many more towns in new jersey bigger than minnesota i'm gonna look i'm gonna research that i'm not saying quote for quote but i'm just really wondering why 
in Minnesota, of all places. You know, if I may also add to that, Ben, just something that you mentioned that, yeah, people are scared to, especially police officers, they're scared to go into these places because they don't know what to expect. Just me also thinking as like a student of communications and as a, as a, as a, I would say citizen of the world, it's just very strange to think that people are scared of other regular people due to our inclination of violence. Like police officers are scared to get involved because they're terrified of what people could do to them, what like what evil intentions people have. While on the other side, people are scared of law enforcement, police officers, because they're scared of getting in trouble. They're scared of this violence. They're scared of this uh, struggle that is not necessary. So for me, it's just sad that it doesn't that it has to escalate to such uh, an extent that it just becomes a tragedy. Like I, I personally wish that if there was more, I would say logic involved in the situation if there was a pause if there was more i would say mentality and humanity just involved in these situations a lot of a lot of these unnecessary i would say negative uh, very brutal cases could have been avoided yeah definitely i mean i think it's important to recognize that we all have implicit biases and i think that plays a really big role mm-hmm. into it and as a police officer you you need to be really aware of that because Again, everybody has implicit biases, but if you need to be able to understand those biases in order to prevent yourself from acting on them because they're automatic. It's a natural thing that we all have, but you have to, if you can be aware of it, it's a lot easier to avoid situations like that because you'll be thinking about that in the process. Like it's like the whole thing that if a police officer gets more nervous around a black person, obviously they're going to handle a situation differently. For sure. That's, that's totally true. But I also wanted to mention before, like, as we jump into the next story, which is not the same, but it has to do with still um, gun violence and stuff. And I want to talk to Jawad and ask about like, how the, how lawmakers and such are like handling the whole gun violence thing. Cause it seems like um, the, it's just getting worse in our country uh, every day. And I don't know how you guys are handling it there. So, yeah, not being American, not having, because your constitution says you guys have the right to bear arms, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, I don't think we have anything like that here. So it's kind of different. But for me, it's kind of like, and I don't want this to come off like insulting or pretentious or anywhere at all. But for me, it's like when you see and hear what happened with gun violence in America, you're like, if a child was not playing right with their toy, if they're using it to hurt someone or whatever, you would take it away. I don't understand why that isn't applied to adults who aren't qualified to own a gun, whether that be normal civilian or police. Yeah. Uh, I mean, over here, it's not impossible to own a gun, but it's a lot more difficult. Um, uh, specifically, I think it was either 96 or 97, we had a shooting in a school in Scotland. And that's what helped change all the laws. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of kids and teachers were either killed or injured. Uh, sorry, they were killed and injured. Um, so it's a lot more difficult here to own a gun in the UK. With Northern Ireland, I don't know if they were still an exception. I know they were an exception uh, because of the kind of the violence that they were experiencing. There, so people allowed to have guns for personal protection over there. But for us, ever since that shoot in 96, 97, sorry, I want to say, um, yeah, it's been a lot more difficult to hold guns. So gun violence here, it's like if something pops off here, like if someone gets killed by a gun or any kind of gun violence, it's like really big. But from like when we see being over here in Britain, seeing over things like, you know, state news and this and that, it's like it's just, just this seems just like an everyday occurrence. for them. Yeah. You know, I was just talking about this yesterday with my mom, too. And I was saying that, like, the whole idea is like, I feel like we've become so desensitized to like all of this in the media and stuff, because it's like an everyday thing. And we've just suddenly been like, all right, cool. And it's like, that's such a horrible way to think about mm. it, but it's just kind of the reality. So the fact that like in the UK, like you guys took the initiative after one scenario where it happened to like change your laws. Like, I don't, I don't know. This, this always turns into a hot debate, but this is obviously, we want to talk about the story that was 
that happened yesterday on Monday with um, another, you know, gun scenario. There was a police officer that was wounded in a shooting in high school in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is all according to CBS News, by the way. Um, officials say the person who was shot, the officer was a student at Aust Easton Magnet High School, died at the scene when police returned fire. So the, per- the suspect did pass away, uh, but there's an officer that's still injured at this point, too. And I... <laughs> To all of this gun violence, I'm just going to I'm just going to say and this is when is it going to be enough, to be honest? And that's my personal opinion. When is it going to be enough that after all these years of going through more training and stuff through school and through being worried to go to a movie theater or a mall or whatever? I just don't understand why this is still going on. I went to work the other day and obviously you guys we we reported uh, about a month ago about that shooting that was in Colorado at the grocery store. I had to do a training the other day about what would happen if there was a shooting at my grocery store that I work at. And we had to do a full on. And I had just done that recently, but they submitted it to us again because of what happened there. And it's just to me, it's like, when is it going to be enough? And I know we all might have some different opinions and I want to hear your guys thoughts and opinions on that matter. But when is it going to be enough for everybody to realize we have to do something about it? I know President Biden did give a little address yesterday and talked about like the violence and stuff, but nothing, there's nothing on the map yet about what we're going to do about this. So I want to hear your thoughts, what you guys think about this. Obviously this was another high school student. So that that's scary in itself because they feel like they keep getting younger. Uh, So Caitlin, you look like you have something to say. So let's hear it. No, that's true. I mean, that's crazy that you had to do. So did you do the training twice? Like in So I did it period? once, like, I feel like two months ago or something, because that was just like the yearly like checkup. You know, when you yeah. were in high school, you had to do that like lockdown drill like once a year because that was like what was required. Like mm-hmm. they sent it to us again and they were like, oh, you got to go do this. And I'm like, OK, so I went and sat on the computer and I was like, oh, this is like gun safety like in a store like what you should do and like the like the safety precautions to be taking like what you're supposed to do you're supposed to go hide and then like barricade yourself in a room with like the doors closed but if you can make it out make it out. like and there was like the whole procedure about what to do if mm-hmm. if you're caught in that situation and I thought that was interesting that they sent it to us after all of this just happened in Colorado and things like that because I guess you know we saw kind of it slow down the uh some of the mass shootings due to the COVID pandemic, but it's slowly kind of coming back more again. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I agree with you. It's happened a lot. Yes, go ahead, Ben. What gun was used? Let's see. In the the school shooting? Yeah. Um, Wait, how old was the subject? I don't know. He was a high schooler. He was a high schooler. He was a high schooler? Okay. I'm going to see if I could find um, the gun that was used. I don't, not in any of the two articles, am I seeing that there was one that like, which one it was, they weren't mentioning it. Um, oh, it is important to note though, this does come after they just reopened after months of uh, remote learning. So oh they my, just, I li- wait, I forgot about that aspect that they haven't been in school in yeah. person. That's terrible. Like you go back to school for the first time in a couple months and then all, all that testing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that on um, on the morning buzz, we've been talking a lot about COVID, but just like to consider, I wonder, does the fact that a lot of these students were quarantined and were away, I wonder, does that somehow play into the inclination to violence or this inclination um, to have these cases happen? Because I am aware that in schools, like it's a hot spot for like a usually bullying or some sort of harassment or it usually cultivates this negative atmosphere, especially for young developing adolescents who are dealing with either mental, social issues or just like having a tough time. So I wonder, does this- um, Did you just say in the longest form ever, did high school people get bullied? (laughs) Well, formally, I would say- High school people get bullied and you add over Zoom where your people are getting mentally, have mental problems and they're getting bullied. Yes, yeah, yeah. I do. So even though I can't find the particular uh, gun that was used in this um, scenario, uh, I do want to note that in this AP article last week, the Republican governor of Tennessee was the latest state to allow most adults 21 and older to carry handguns openly or concealed without first clearing a background check and training. So that was just last week. 
Uh, yeah, and the info hasn't been publicized yet about what gun was used. The um, biggest thing about the gun usage thing is that I will never, ever, there are reasons to fight and it'll take forever, no matter what, with a handgun and a, sh and a sh rifle. Like, those are fundamental things that people, that not us, but there are people in this world that use them to hunt and to use them oh, for I completely agree. good reasons. Like there are good reasoned people that use the gun, those types of guns. What I don't understand is why people own M16s and guns I use in Call of Duty to be able to just have. Yeah. I've seen how those guns work in Call of Duty, which I've been able to mow down people with. I can only imagine what one bullet to one person per round does to a group of people. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it how a person can have a gun like that. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the gun that was used in the Colorado shooting, correct? Yes. Because we talked about it, yeah. And Columbine used semi... I don't get why people are allowed to have semi-automatic guns that military uses. Well, if it's and... used to kill people, you shouldn't own it. Obviously... If it's used to kill people, you shouldn't have it. I do want to throw in real quick because this is um, obviously these are our opinions, not the opinions. The opinions do not reflect the station in any way. But what I don't understand, even with the handgun thing, like so, Ben, I'm with you. I, I agree. You could you should be able to have that, if, especially if you're like into hunting and things like that. But what's the deal about not even getting a background check, though, in that sense? Like, I also like, makes no sense that like, yeah, there's be... right to privacy. I, I took me longer to get a hunting license than to be allowed to carry a gun. Yeah, I, I oh, oh, Jawad, do you have something to say? I want to I want to have into you. <laughs> oh, so, so, sorry. I, I, I didn't I'm just interrupt. Um, no, go you ahead. Guys, <laughs> you guys can like go into like certain supermarkets and just buy guns, right? Technically, like, I think it depends on the state. Isn't can't like I don't. Someone correct they're me. They're not in supermarkets, but they're gun stores. They're, like, I, they're gun stores. And, like, I, am I wrong like that like Walmart. Walmart did or something at one time in certain states, or am I wrong with that? See, that's what I've heard. Like, in, you can go to Walmart and like you could buy, and that for me is like that's, that's nuts. That's like, an Alabama like you got the, thing. Yeah, yeah I was like, Alabama's an all other story. That's definitely not in New Jersey. Oh, no, yeah, so no one's still in your country, fam. <laughs> Alabama doesn't count, though. Like, Alabama just doesn't no, count. Alabama our, counts. Alabama counts. You can't just for our listeners that. that don't know what's going on with the Alabama thing, our other producer that's here today, uh, Kenny, told us that in Alabama, he was there uh, a year ago and there were guns in Walmart. So that's if anybody needs clarification on that. So, yes, you can technically go to certain states in this country and walk in and get a gun or go Alabama's to put it next to the milk. Like what? <laughs> Alabama is that relative that we don't discuss. We don't talk about Aunt Alabama. Like we have a song that just makes fun of Alabama. We don't. We're not. We're not too keen on. But that okay. State. But part, but Ben, the point is that Alabama is still part of the United States, whether you like it or not. And so basically, proving Jawad's point of you could technically just walk into a Walmart and you could buy a gun next to the milk, like <laughs> like as crazy as that sounds, that, it's true. Yeah. Come on, let's not get crazy. It wouldn't be next to milk. <laughs> one of them would get soiled as a result like the gun that has the freezer but, here uh but Juan, with your point with that, what section. was your uh what did you want to say Dang. with that matter of that you could just buy it at a, at a store like that it's it i just don't think a gun should be something as easy as you can buy as you know uh some fruit like it doesn't make sense i'm not saying it is exactly that easy but that for me is just a massive it messes i don't understand Oh, again, because I'm not—I I wasn't raised in America, and again, I don't want to unintentionally come off as dismissive or pretentious or anything no, like that. It's just like a no, big no. different culture shock for me, because I just, yeah, I mean, it's basically what Ben said. Like, why are these people, if they're going to buy guns, hypothetically, why, why, why these guns? Why these kind? Like, and uh, it seems to be like a constant thing that that keeps getting brought up is mental health, lack of background checks, stuff like that. I don't understand why. I'm I mean, I don't know what the Walmart also sells or any other store, but like, but they shouldn't even be like those kind of guns like that shouldn't even be sold on the market is how I feel about it. If you're going to sell like handguns and stuff, that's like a different story. But then like selling these ones that are like from Call of Duty, like, I don't know, like that's 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 nuts to me. Yeah, I mean, just just to, just to give an example, like uh, an old boss of mine was telling me he knew someone here in the UK who, like I said, because you, you can't own guns here technically, 
there are exceptions like hunting and whatnot. And someone, and he was telling me the process, like someone applied for a gun, the police, uh, the constable had to come visit the house, look over everything, went over their health history, went over, it was like a very detailed process before they were allowed to have a gun. And they're one of the few gun owners in the country, probably, if you compare to the whole population. So it's like, I, I don't understand why you can't have something like that. I don't know if it's, I don't know, I don't know. The other thing that Jawad's going to be, like, why does this happen is... <laughs> A thing that I also find ridiculous is why you're allowed to have a, to shoot a gun before you're 18. Because yeah, we were. I think <laughs> everyone that's been to a shooting range didn't we all do it as kids? I've, I've never done that. Yeah, you can do that under 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was the weirdest like call for help. But um, <laughs> <laughs> back me on this to Caitlin and Amanda. Isa, did you go to? Did you ever go to a shooting range? Right? Who said that they did? Uh, I have. I've seen uh, my cousin shoot before, and he's um like, of course, he does it like you know ethically. He just likes to do it because it's interesting, it's fun. You yeah, have to it's defend him, all the time. <laughs> but you like, personally, I have. I held a gun. I've never officially like shot the gun like that before, but I've held it, and I know that it's heavy and it's it does look difficult. And I'm I'm surprised too that young kids are inclined to do this. I'm not sure is this because it's considered cool, or is it just like I don't know some kind of expression of like oh i'm strong and powerful like i could do something i could shoot a gun uh, but kind of people scary well, at a young age because there's one when i was young and i had a gun at a young age it was from the intent of learning how to hunt isa out of, or out of curiosity you said you had a gun right no i had a gun but at a shooting range i held the gun yeah oh no but i'm saying did you say you had one as well that you said you have one like in your house no, no. Oh, I thought you said that. I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, I'm curious, like, which one did you have? Because I'm curious of out of the thoughts of, like, what you have. Because if you did have one, I would assume it was more for protection or, like, hunting or something like that. But, like, again, you probably wouldn't have a Call of Duty gun in rolling around in your house. Oh, no, no. I find it completely strange how, um, how like, people have these semi-automatic weapons, too. Yeah, because they're not meant to be used for shooting. I don't even believe you're allowed to uh, hunt with those kind of semi-automatic those type of weapons themselves so it's strange because the only it's important to remember like all these weapons have an intention like pistols have usually an intention for self-defense uh, they're designed to do that while hunting rifles are designed to like for people with the intention to hunt these semi-automatic weapons like you said they're created with the intention to hurt and possibly kill people so it's scary that people harbor these weapons saying like oh this is for hunting or safety or i know self-defense when in fact they're used to massively take out a lot of individuals, which is, um, it's just like, it's weird that people are like blinking an eye to this because it's obvious what it's used for, but yet we're just saying like, oh, it's considered as a, like a, just a general weapon for self-defense. Like I believe there needs to be a, like a classification for this for, for us generally to be more aware of it. I, I, I agree. I think that it should be, uh, you should, first of all, you're right that pist even pistols and hunting are used as self-defense because i was taught that if uh, a bear's running at you and you're not hitting it with the rifle you're not going to hit it when it's right in front of you uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to find other means and i don't feel like being part of the revenant like leonardo DiCaprio. so yeah. um the so the uh the best thing to put it is is that um there should be a age limit to when you should have a gun in your hand so you don't have it as a child so that will so a high schooler won't be allowed to have a gun at all the fact that the high schooler could have one i think that in order to have a gun you need a background check and have to go through training some hour sem like hour long seminar that hours long seminar that um that will teach people how to use a gun right and lastly i think that every gun that is owned should be because most of them are because i grew up like this where they had to be they have to be in a safe and the ammo and the ammunition have to be in another part in a confined area in another safe you need to have two locked and keys spots one for the gun one for the ammo so a child doesn't just take it you have to go through a lot to get it it's how it's worked it should be very tedious I feel like you shouldn't get rid of hunting rifles or uh, pistols before the use of good reasons to have them. But the fact that a person is allowed to have a gun that literally 
was built to kill others makes negative zero sense. And that's not even a number. So yeah, this is my point. Thank you for all being actually creepily silent while I said it. No, I mean, I feel like I'm wrong. Like, no, you know you're more? not. You're not. I'm wrong. Sorry. I agree. I mean, I, I don't think you're like, if you're going to have it, there should be, there should be like parameters around it. There should be guidelines. There should be seminars. You should be saying through that. And it shouldn't be something that you could, like I said earlier, like you said, Ben, too, the, it shouldn't be something you is the point is to kill people with. And uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back here on the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, New Jersey. Stay tuned. And we are back here on the Tuesday edition of the Morning Buzz here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair, New Jersey. And right at the top of the show, we received some breaking news and Caitlin's going to share that with us. Well, before Caitlin goes, I have something to say. You ever had that part of your back that you just can't crack? like no i'm just saying this is really uncomfortable i, I just yeah see, like yeah, lower or high yeah i don't think i've there's always say one part of your back you can't crack and this is killing me because i know where it is and it won't crack and i'm all right sorry I'm just, okay. i just want to you, whine a little bit. you look very uncomfortable spinal twist like twist your spine this way and then the other way it could help oh, no not working but it cracks some stuff like it, it, it kind of Thank you. You have to try harder then. Because oh. you're, you're gonna oh, I'm so like, sorry. <laughs> but I'm not going to your caliber. Uh, I'll practice, all right? Like, yeah. It helps. I'm not doing it good enough. What's the thing where you uh you have the thing that rolls out your leg or whatever if you need to? Like, it's that, like, tube thing. Oh, yeah, like, like the, the, the muscle. Roller, yeah. Like, yeah, it rolls out your leg. Yeah. Maybe if you roll on your back on that. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on that, though, or anything. Yeah, like, I don't know. We got to get to the bottom of this. This is the number one story. Like, <laughs> how do we crack that back? Like, like, okay, well, no, anyways. You ever have that part where you're sitting in, ch- in a chair and you're like, when we were back when we had in-person classes and you really have to crack your back and like, you're like, it's going to be so loud. And you're just like, have you ever done this where you just kind of go back a little bit and it's like crack a little bit and then you just go and you crack a little bit more? Anyway, no I have such stealth in doing things like speaking of stealth. medical issues that are going on, <laughs> <at> Caitlin. <laughs> nice transition, nice transition. Okay, so breaking news that we received at the top of the show, which is US recommends pause for J&J vaccine over clot reports, which is a very scary headline. Uh, from AP News. I actually know somebody who just got the J&J too. Like that was the first person I thought of, somebody I work with because they were talking about it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, in a joint statement Tuesday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Food and Drug Administration said they were investigating clots in six women that occurred six to 13 days after vaccination. So the clots are observed in the sinuses of the brain along with reduced platelet counts, making the usual treatment for blood clots, the blood thinner heparin, potentially dangerous. So they're recommending for people who have received the J&J vaccine, if you're experiencing like severe headache, abdominal pain, leg pain, or shortness of breath within three weeks after receiving the shot, contact your health provider, your healthcare provider. And they're recommending that people who are given the J&J vaccine who are experiencing, oh, that's the same thing. Sorry. I have reread. Oops. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much everything that happened. That's really Say scary, one though. one more time. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's interesting because, obviously, this comes after we've been hearing a lot about that AstraZeneca one, too, where it says uh, European authorities are investigating that one because there's been clots with that one linked. Uh, I know quite a few people that have gotten the J&J as well. Uh, I haven't heard too much about it, but about, like, bad symptoms after but i you know i don't know if you guys are on tiktok and sometimes you guys might get that algorithm that it's like a lot of covid news and uh i've been seeing a lot of people that are just like oh here's my symptoms from the covid vaccine and people specifically with the j and j have been feeling like sicker for more days after the fact of getting it like i know a lot of people will get symptoms with the pfizer or moderna like the day after but it was going on for quite a few days. And again, like it, it's TikTok, it's people, it's random people saying their opinions. But like, I, I just thought it was interesting that a lot more people, it seemed with the J&J were having side effects for a little longer, which was interesting. I mean, I know it's a lot in one dose basically going into your body, but I find it very interesting. And I don't know what your guys' thoughts, uh, uh, Ben or Issa are with this um, news of this vaccine. You know, I am aware personally that I know... Um... I know many people who have negative reactions to vaccines in general. And while like 
this innovation with vaccines, I'm really happy that it's moving forward and people are getting like better. It's also scary to see that people are suffering from these side effects, which could potentially be very dangerous in the long term. So Agreed. even though this is new, I feel that like this vaccine was kind of I, I, it was authorized on, under emergency use, which I do understand because the COVID pandemic is something very serious in our country and in, in general throughout the world. But it's a little scary to see that because it was authorized so early, like we have this tendency to think that it's okay when it's in fact, it might not be. So I'm just very cautious, very aware of what's, what's happening and just taking it slowly and being just conscious of myself. I know I personally haven't taken the vaccine yet because I, I first wanted to wait until uh, the people who need it most take it. And I just want to make sure that they're okay and everyone's doing well and that we work on this together. So like, it's just important to be aware and cautious of that these vaccines, while they are put under emergency use, that just to be like, aware that they're, it, it's still apparently a piece of the a virus. It's still, it's still like a piece of a sickness. So it's just important to be aware of what they could do. And I think this is important to note, too, as well as like, even though you think like, oh, Johnson and Johnson, like it's only one dose, it might be better for me. Make sure like, I mean, like, I'm not a doctor, I don't know, like anything medically, but if you're going to thinking about getting the vaccine um, and all that kind of stuff, make sure you're like talking to your doctor and stuff, especially if you have a lot of medical issues, because not every vaccine is for everyone. And like, just because, like I said, the Johnson and Johnson's one dose, it doesn't mean it works better for you. It, you should really talk to your doctor and see what works best because sometimes people have allergies and they are taking the certain vaccine because of that reason. And that's important to remember as well. Um, but I feel like the only thing I'm really concerned about with, as well as the people that have already taken this shot, I'm kind of concerned that this will slow the pace of vaccines kind of going out. And that we won't have, we were kind of set to have more of a normal summer and that might not be happening anymore. So uh, any thoughts on that, Ben? Well, being a person that, first of all, I was really enjoying, like, I click, ah, so fun. I click mute and unmute a lot. But um, Uh, yeah, that was uh, really odd. Thanks, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was just, you know, when you're just like, I want to keep clicking it. But anyway, um, okay. First of all, I'm being that I have a medical background of watching doctors. Dr. McStuffins for the last few years. Um, I I can safely say, <laughs> Caitlin, I'm proud that you didn't laugh. <laughs> Caitlin's like, I'm waiting for the funny part. Um, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, um, I've, <laughs> I've had that plan for a while. Anyway, um, anyway uh, the thing that I think that this will do is I agree with Amanda that this is going to be very annoying because um i had the first thing i thought of when i saw the story was rut row because of scooby-doo and um i'm like this is going to take this is going to take forever to um kind of let down the people that are anti-vaccine this is like riding fuel to the fire and i'm like the first thing i thought of when johnson johnson came in the mix was everyone was scared of it and i'm like please don't mess up <laughs> and then uh then because pfizer and moderna were more approved and like johnson johnson jumped into the mix because they were one shot a little bit not that easily, but you get my point. Is like they came in third and were rushing a bit, and I was like, please don't mess it up. You actually brought up a good point, Ben, about the whole idea of like trying to get anti-vaxxers like on board with the whole vaccine, and then this kind of puts probably a lot more people behind on that and saying like, hey, I don't know about that now because there's there's things that we don't know what's going to happen with said vaccine. So that's actually an interesting point, but. Still, majority of the people get Johnson, uh, not no, Johnson Johnson, Pfizer and Moderna. Yeah, uh, it'll slow, but it's like the third one that. Yeah, like, except that I think a lot of people like the idea that it's like you, like you said, the one dose, and they don't have to come back, they don't have to worry about it. Like the Moderna, you have to wait like a month. Like it, it gets a little irritating and annoying if that makes any sense. Um, but because you wait, like like you said, Amanda, it's safer, and usually they have less of this kind of. I, I would say it's. It's, uh, you have a greater certainty that it's going to work in the right ways and it's not going to affect you negatively because the dose is so spread out, number one. Number two, it's easy to catch symptoms and see if there's something wrong. So let's say after the first dose, if you're feeling uneasy, you could just talk to your doctor and they could diagnose and see a problem very early as opposed to just one big dose that could only manifest some sort of symptoms like maybe later on and those might be more difficult to treat. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Caitlin, do you have any final thoughts on the story? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I hope that people continue to get vaccinated with Pfizer and Moderna because those have had a lot better um, outcomes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, to try to get off on, I guess, lighter news to like kind of wrap up the show, but I guess it's kind of not so great later it's like it's it's funny but it's like also like kind of like sad if it happened to you and then you didn't get this but anyway I'm, this is an <laughs> this is an article from ap uh university of kentucky mistakenly sends out five hundred thousand acceptance letters for a program that only usually accepts three dozen students a year uh, the school followed up with another email 24 hours later and apologized for its mistake, citing a technical issue. But uh, a spokesperson from the, UK, uh, from the University of Kentucky said, only a handful of those on the prospect list had been admitted to the university. The vast majority had not or had the vast majority of these expressed interest in the program. So a lot of people didn't even apply to the program and just like automatically got this acceptance letter. Like it was like an interest button, like something technical happened on the other side. And I guess if people said, oh, I'm interested in this program, it automatically assumed they applied to the program and sent out letters, which is really odd. But uh, for anyone curious out there, this was a program in the College of Health Sciences that uh, only accepts three dozen students and 500,000 people were apparently accepted for a time being. <laughs> So well, it looks like they all have to go to college now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> start, start figuring it out. Can you imagine though? Like it's like if you applied to this program, you were so excited and then you got in and you were like, yay. And then like the next day, like all of a sudden, like you're not in that's that's depressing. Yeah, every Ugh. time I didn't get accepted to a college, I applied and I was like, yay, and then they said no. But my question is this: if they only accept three like three thousand students, like you said, then it's kind of weird how it's just like the system just sent out like 500,000. Yeah. Like, do they actually look through these applications or is it just like a very quick process that they allow a machine to generate it? Because if you think about it, if it was three dozen letters, they would, it would be someone looking through these letters and just making sure that it's not letters, but applications. And it would be someone looking through this and really analyzing it. I understand that there are a lot of course, but not everyone, of course, meets the requirements. Not everyone like does everything correctly on the application, so they in a way would weed it out. But just to think about it, like if it's maybe so computerly generated, then are they really paying attention to this, or are they just like sending it out? Well, yeah. I don't think that they individually wrote five thousand letters with pen and no, uh, no pen. Oh, five hundred thousand. Sorry, five. I don't. I, Isa, I don't think they personally wrote five thousand letters with ink and tweed. To do, uh, ensure do their acceptance. Not, I, I believe it was an email, but um, <laughs> no, because no, no, I understand. That's, that's five hundred thousand. That one guy is like, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Just being there for. I mean, it, this happened in like under twenty-four hours, like when they noticed this. So, like, I just feel just. If they do select these students, don't they have a board observing all these letters coming in? Or do they have a system just to, like that just kind of weeds through the letters and says, okay, they get accepted, they get accepted, they get accepted. Because if you think about it, this is some sort of technical glitch, a technical I glitch. would I would assume they do a little more, you know, sitting down and thinking, oh, this person deserves acceptance of the program if only three dozen people get in. It, it was making me think of like uh theater programs i'm a theater major and like most theater programs only accept like 20 people in it and it was making uh, me I think that we're like, gonna go a full show without amanda saying she's a theater major do we, we almost did it guys we got pretty far i'm not gonna lie but no but it's it's just one you can compare it to like theater even if you look at like programs like film programs and a lot of other programs across like even our university it, they only accept a certain amount of students into the program and i think it's funny because in this article as well it, uh um a senior told their mother, I got accepted into the University of Kentucky. And the mom was like, I didn't know you applied to the University of Kentucky. And the girl was like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just want me that bad. <laughs> they want me so bad. They like actually sought out me and they, they were like, ah. They want me to apply. They think that that will ruin my ch their, their chances of having me. But I, I'm not sure how you guys experienced this, but like, well, I, I bet. No, I have not been accepted to a college, Issa, without applying. <laughs> I, I have never question. been. You keep like trying to predict it, but that's not what's on my mind. 
<laughs> what but I'm doing is look at your face. I, <laughs> oh, Ethan, what were you going to say then? So I bet, like, uh, I mean, I remember when I was applying to colleges and starting to look out, looking at all those college matching websites and typing in my email so foolishly just to make sure I get send results only to be bombarded with other college yeah. emails. I was wondering, have you guys like, I had this experience in high school when you just like would come home and you had just like a bunch of letters like, oh, this, this college university is perfect for you or your best choice. Yeah, this, that's a good point. Maybe it just was like one of those things that kind of just sent it out like that. But like, I don't know, this is just like, I feel like, Oh, like, can you imagine, though, like, if you legit did apply for the program, though, and, like, you thought you got in and you didn't, so, like, would you, like, try to sue the program because, like, you got a letter that said, I got in, and then all of a sudden you didn't get in? Like, I don't know, would people do that? You're the worst if you sue them. You're a sore loser. (laughs) Yeah, you're just a bad person. I don't know, I'm just, I'm throwing out ideas out there. I don't know if... No, I mean, like, people, people do that, though, and it's annoying. Like, I don't, it was an accident, like, I'm just saying, like, for what distress, like, when people sue for that, that's ridiculous. Emotional damages that you, you're not good enough for the college? Sorry. Believe me, I'm not good enough for all the colleges, but here, I'm joking. I feel bad that it took them 24 hours to realize. I've gotten rejected more times than I can count when I came to colleges, and I wasn't just like, I'm going to sue you for stressing me out. Just because, you're the worst if you get all mad about it. They made a mistake. Let it go. I would say it was a funny situation at the Steve Dream School. (laughs) You're like, yes! And then like a couple weeks later, no! (laughs) I feel like there's a plot of a movie here or something. We did it! Break out this expensive champagne! Even though I'm 18. But break it out! (laughs) And then, uh, but like, break out the expensive um, seltzer! And, um, I got nothing. I, I had I realized he was under twenty one, so the joke. Well, happened. I mean, they could have went out for a nice dinner, and then the next yeah, day, break like, out. Oh, no, you're you're horrible. <laughs> what sounds better? Break out the expensive champagne or break out the expensive dinner? Like, what what do you do for that? Like, break out the dinner. <laughs> break out the steak, the filet mignon, all that stuff, the brisket. Yeah, but that doesn't oh, sound as good as break wait. out the champagne. Actually, though, I, I b- before we wrap the story, um, here at ninety point three WMSC Upper Montclair, I. I have mom, to get add- the china, whoever who said that. Kenny or the man. Kenny, that's a I good have- one. Mom get, the, mom, get the china we use only for Christmas. I have to think about what happened if, like, for example, someone, like, really did apply and they thought they got in. And then it's April right now. So technically people can go, like, submit their acceptance that they, like, wanted to, like, put down their deposit and be in. Like, what would happen in that scenario? <laughs> like, if you, like, just, like, um, committed after getting in. You would go to put your deposit down. They say you're not a part of this university. No, but it, they, but it's like they gave it 24 hours, so someone could have done that in the meantime. They would give it back. So yeah. like it said, it said for sure in the system that they were accepted too. Though like it wasn't just a, like a fluke in the letters. Like no, the it said they, it was for the for the, the program. So like it, you know how like sometimes for certain programs when you apply to them you have to apply for two separate things it's like the university yeah, yeah. and then you have to apply for the yeah so if you then were like oh cool i got into this incredible program that i've been longing for and then all of a sudden nope i mean maybe they refund you but that sucks you paid the deposit like instantly yeah right mom get the china <laughs> that's awesome well i feel I feel in general like a good good life lesson to remember when it comes to situations like this, it's always good just to make sure that everything does sound logical because if something is too good to be true, then, or like if it happens so fast, it's important, at least from my experience, not to celebrate way too quickly, just to give it some time to breathe, quote unquote, and just like really to take it in and then even analyze it like, okay, like I didn't even apply for this program yet they accepted me just thinking a little more realistically about it so like we don't have situations like mom take out the take out the like the silver the mom silver, get the, the china silver, Isa, come on the, no I keep off silver silverware there's so. a cheat sheet down on the side no I know but I'm, I'm using my own examples too that's what oh, happens sorry. okay okay I thought you were trying to quote it and I was like okay you're right you're right what do you got I'm ready I'm listening no, like, it's just important to remember that, like, if something like this that does happen, like, don't celebrate too quickly, just to not only approach it realistically, but also to give it some time, just in case, like, you, you never know, like, if, if you suddenly get just like a acceptance letter from Princeton, and you never applied, like, 
it's it's just important to be skeptical, not just like celebrate too quickly. Don't be influenced by emotions too much. That's my spiel. And and that and so the advice, the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, yes, is that the moral of the story is if you get accepted to college, don't celebrate. All right, that's Issa, Isabella Winnett, Caitlin. I, I love how this is so cleverly. I'm ben, she's Ben Amanda Marino. She's still not anymore because that's what happens when she does it. Tim Medino is here. Kenny Horn, thank you very much. Don't accept if you go to college. All right. Well, thank you, Ben, for wrapping up the show. You, of course, were listening to 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, New Jersey. The buzz is back tomorrow from 8 to 9. And if you missed any part of the show today, we are on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next week. Have a great day.